this is one of the m- most fascinating things about being a lawyer for entrepreneurs uh, or, or CEOs or whoever. Welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, Upwest, and Hippo Insurance. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 157. Today we have with us Lior Aviram, an executive at Shibolet Law. Lior is the head of Shibolet's high-tech and venture capital practice and a senior member of the firm's management committee. He brings 25 years of experience and has earned an outstanding reputation in leading high-end transactions and recognized as a leading expert in venture capital and strategic investments and in the structuring and establishment of venture capital funds. Lior has vast experience working with the international market, extensive connections in the United States and Europe, and about 15 years of experience working in China. Lior Aviram, thank you for joining me on 20 Minute Leaders. How are you? I'm well, uh, considering the, these corona, corona days, and uh, pleasure to be with you. Mike. Pleasure to be with you. I mean, I'm saying, uh, you know, I was about to say good morning, but it's actually your evening soon, even though the sun still seems to shine. You're in, you're in Israel right now, right? Right, right. And the sun is setting right behind me. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Lior, it's a, it's a privilege to have you. It's an honor to have you because uh, you're, you know, you're 25 years of experience in the legal field and within Shibolet and within high tech, you know, as a young entrepreneur coming into this journey, even though I do get exposed to venture capital quite a bit now, seeing the legal side of things and understanding the complexity of things that go into the life cycle of a, of a startup to M&As, to invest. It's something that's almost like a big black box to a, to a lot of entrepreneurs, not just young entrepreneurs, I'm assuming. And what I'd love to do in, the, in this, in this you know, discussion is dumb it down for me. And I want to explore what are the things that I can be curious about? What are the things that I maybe shouldn't be curious about? And what are the biggest pitfalls that I can avoid as a young entrepreneur? But before that, Lior, just, I'd like to know who you are and talk to, take me a little bit through your journey of, of you know, going into the high tech already in the early 90s, as you mentioned before, it was considered high tech. Right, right. So I, I started uh, doing high tech before there was an Israeli high tech, just because, uh, you know, before in 1990, um, there were no venture capital in Israel. So uh, I, I was lucky enough, just by coincidence, like all good things in life, uh, or, uh, or lucky enough uh, to, to be among the lawyers that started to work with uh, VCs early 90s. We actually needed to inv- invent the, the subject in Israel. So <laughs> what we did is took the books of the NVCA uh, from uh, California and uh, kind of translated them into uh, Hebrew, not in the uh, language linguistic sense, but in, in the legal sense. And it, it was quite an experience because just, you know, to then negotiate uh, and, and explain to the other lawyers in Israel what, what why uh, you need preferred chairs and all those issues that are just, you know, you know that, everyone knows that, but then it was like, Something like a revolution. You you so heard the revolution. It's really literally pioneering a lot of these, uh, my, a lot of these, you know, formal 
definitions and communications between the different parties. And, uh, and it, it must have been quite, quite an experience. What made you go into that side of, of high tech? So as you're getting exposed to these, to these different things, you choose to concentrate on them. You choose to be a pioneer right. in this domain. Why? Why do you do that? Oh, that's easy. That's easy to, un- to answer. You know, uh, Israel, uh, the pre-Hydek, it's like uh, the, the COVID-19, pre and post, nothing will be the same. Yeah. Much more. Okay. I hope much more than that. Israel pre-Hydek for, in the legal sense, in the legal profession, was like something that was uh, that's not going to change. And uh, the clients, uh, the larger clients, were that where they are at that point. I was a young lawyer. There, there was no other field where you can, you know, start with the smallest client ever, like two entrepreneurs, and turn into within two years to have a huge client. You know, the the largest in the firm. And this is exactly what happened uh, to, wow. to a few of our clients. So. Uh, for me, it was easy. I was young in, in, enough those days to, to adapt to, to the change. Uh, so we, actually, it was natural to stay where, you know, it's low-hanging fruits for in the legal profession at that time, which is uh, the fruits nowadays are much higher. That, that wow. I can assure you. Yeah. So now is there, I mean, let's say you're now looking at new opportunities and let's say you have new founders I mean, I'm looking at myself. I'm start, as I start a company, I don't have the funds to go and pay a lawyer and, and pay a legal firm in the caliber of, of Shibboleth. Yet I want to have the best caliber because I truly believe in my business and I truly believe of where I'm going and, and in my fundraising skills. So what adaptations are there for the tech scene that might be a little different than any other industry in terms of, you know, partnering with a firm like Shibboleth to work together? Is it, is it the same as other industries or is it a little bit different? Okay, so this is, uh, I, I think that we started with the right foot uh, in, in this sense. Uh, the fact that things move very fast in, in the high-tech scene allows us to basically do things that are unheard of in other fields of, of uh, the legal industry. So uh, we have programs uh, of, of fees that are actually uh, arranged for for start for startupists. So, uh, if we believe in your startup, so we are actually in most cases the first investors in your startup. Right. If you are an entrepreneur, you come to the lawyer. Lawyer in in many cases is just the first station that you park, and uh, you and because this is the first advice, and it should be the first advice that you get. Uh, and uh, in order not to avoid from mistakes later on, at that time you are in the most vulnerable stage in your career. It's easy to make mistakes. It's uh, difficult to recover because you are too right. weak at that point. So uh, uh, that's the reason that we 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 are uh, actually equipped uh, to to take over uh, all the stuff of 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 those startups that we believe in. So, and it's not easy actually. So uh, we look at the, at the team, we, it's, it's not easy to filter. We use our right. best senses and we do lots, lots of mistakes uh, because you know, we are not a better investors than any other investor. And we all do, uh, you know, do you do a 90% like mistakes. Sorry? How, is your, how is your due diligence compared to that of venture capitalists? Um, 
we are not into the technology side at all. So we look at the people, we look at their background, we hear the story, uh, and we, if we need, we take advice from friends that are uh, more uh, uh, into the technology side, or we look uh, into, or we talk with with potential investors, and we hear from them. And sometimes uh, we we just you know uh, we, we feel uh, we feel the personality. Uh, it's we we you need actually to try to locate the winners. That's the issue. It's people at that point. Uh, so uh, we we have we don't have uh, the all the tools in the world, but we have our experience. And in many cases, we, you know, we, we do it in teams. So uh, I have a, a partner, he's coming to me, look, I have this young startup, it's in the area of so-and-so, and they want to do this and this, and, and I'm actually, I, I'm not sure. So sometimes I meet with them again, sometimes we, do, we talk, we do a little bit of due diligence about the team, that's it. That's what we have. We we are doing the best with what we have at that point. Wow. Okay, that that's incredible. And and what excites you most in this job? Is it is it more the the early stage entrepreneurs? Is it the bigger clients that that you know that they grow to? What where where are you on the spectrum? And um, actually, all over. There is a lot of interest in in partner, and and I look at at me at us as partners of this of the entrepreneurs right. that's what we are we we are we we are with them in the trenches we feel that the task we we are we are there so with them it's in the beginning you feel you create something you are a creator you bring value other other value than what they have which is a lot of experience and so forth and they and, and they bring their innocence, which is very important for a startup, is, right? Right. So that's at that stage. But you know what? What's interesting in the tech area is that no matter uh, mature is the is the technology company, they always in a, a struggle for life. They are struggling. So and and in many cases, the lawyer is the only friend, true friend. Of the CEO, what does that so, mean? Because you know, I'm, I'm imagining a company that you know, you know, the, the, a deal fell through. Maybe like a big customer is not is no longer a paying customer, or you know, they're 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 seeing a, they're not they're having a hard time raising their Series A or so. Uh, how, what do you mean that you are the only friend of the CEO, or that you're in there with the trenches? Because it's hard for me to imagine a, a legal firm being a friend of the CEO, it seems like it's like it's not a friendship relationship. It's much more of a formal relationship. Okay, now, well, look, th- this is the difference in the, uh, I, I think at least in the way we do uh, lawyering. Uh, the, the, there is a is- an issue of chemistry with your lawyer. Yeah. You need to trust the lawyer. The, the advice that the lawyer gives you and the fact, in many cases, look, uh, if a client uh, lives, uh, you can't do anything, right? You are a lawyer. But the question whether uh, to go and uh, do uh, haircuts in salaries or to, to do layoffs, for example, 
any other person in the company has its own interest, right? You right. are not interested. Right. You are just there. You are his advisor. So this is a very unique position. And, and this is one of the most fascinating things about being a lawyer for entrepreneurs uh, or, or CEOs or whoever, you know, right. that's the tech. In other industries, it's not like that. They are, the, the, pay, the pace is very different. And managements are thicker in many cases. In, with, with technology companies, you know, even the CEO or the most experienced person, at least in the Israeli arena, has done, I know, three M&As in his life. Right, right, right. We, I did 300. You see, so this is, this is uh, it, it's uh, like, that's, that's a big difference, right? Right, so, so I greatly enjoy, so first of all, it sounds to me that the, you're, the, another key difference from what you're explaining than what a VC might have is in terms of the risk assessment. So the risk that you're taking on as a firm when you take on two, you know, two entrepreneurs or two engineers from the Technion or, or whatever, is it's a different risk than what a VC might take when they're making, you know, they're one out of six investments. So a VC might make six investments a year, but you're able to, you know, take 60 clients a year or, or perhaps even more. And then, so you're able to, you're, you're seeing many more deals and you're obviously seeing many more success and failure stories. And, and I have to ask then, if you're, you're seeing so many of these deals, both both the successes and failures, there must be some patterns that start, you know, coming together again, whether it is, you know, pitfalls in the early stage, uh, pitfalls in the late stage, maybe common successes or common traits of an entrepreneur that are among all the successful ones. But what have you been observing in your years? I think that the, there are endless factors and that's, that's reality. And it's very yeah. easy to, to fail. So there are like a million reasons to fail. And uh, so, and, and only if all the stars are aligned that this is very rare, then you see a big success. But, but let, let's move from early stage. Early stage, when you are just the, the, the first team, it should be a coherent team. Yeah. Uh, and and it, the, the team should be, in, in most cases, very clearly defined. There is a technology guy, there is a business guy. There right. is, and, and they should actually be uh, work well together in a sense that uh, the qualities of one are making for uh, the disadvantages of the other. And you can actually, you know, if you are a little bit uh, into people, you understand and, and you see that. You see that right. the, the conversation flows and, and things work. Yep. And uh, at that point, it's very important to clear each of the entrepreneurs, founders at that point. They are the founders, right? So uh, their role to make sure yep. that they understand that they set expectations uh, and so forth. So that, and it's easy at that point to make a mistake, you know, not, not to define things, uh, work three months, and then three months or six months down the road, discover actually you are not aligned. Like waterfall, yeah. And yes, and one and goes away and the other yep. is staying there, doesn't have the rights to the technology. The other one is fighting for shares if there will be a company and then everything is just lost. 
Do you see a lot of preemptive conflict in regards to shares, equity, salary, IP? Is there too much of that, of, you know, preemptive conflict that are just, you know, stalling and not letting the entrepreneur continue? Too many. I'm not sure what is too many, but uh, I can tell you that uh, I would say that in, in about 25%, a quarter of the cases, that's the issue. Wow. Now let's let's add the next the first stage or the next stage is the, the investors, the identity. Yeah. They're easy to make mistakes. You take on board the wrong guys, and all, all of a sudden, when you go to the next level of investors, you are stuck, they are making troubles, they they, they you make your life that? miserable. Do you- do you advise or do you have a do you provide opinions on the on the term sheets that the entrepreneur receives in terms of the future of the company so for example if i receive a term sheet for an investor in a seed that wants preferred stock and wants you know a board seat and etc cetera, etc cetera, do you sometimes come in and say michael just be be careful i've seen this thing before and it does and i'm not happy with the way it's going to go in the next in the next uh, round Yes, sure. This is this is basic. I, we are trying first in in the tech world, and this is the way. This is the DNA that actually we try to uh, convey to everyone on the team. Uh, is uh, there is no like business issue or legal issue. Everything is relevant to us. Yeah. So when I see a term sheet, I give my input to to the entrepreneur, assuming that I'm the advisor of the entrepreneur, on everything, the identity or the way the, the investor uh, behaves, the uh, the way the term sheet, the terms of term sheet, the future, uh, the, the what is reflected, if these are the terms that are asked by the, the investor and so forth. Uh, so I, I'm trying to to really be uh, as... as uh, meaningful as possible in this sense and uh, not give uh, legal comments. Legal comments, you know, every five years old lawyer can give. Yep. So uh, the, the, my added value is not there. Of course. And uh, yeah. we are trying to do even more than that. Look, we, we have uh, a team which is business development for, for clients because we all of a sudden, you know, a, a couple of years ago discovered, we, we sit on a, like a mountain of information yep. that uh, can assist entrepreneurs and investors. And in most law firms, n- no one is doing anything with that. Right. So we have like a team of three people that sit on that data and try, and try to assist. So we, we try to give input really deeper than just the term sheet, even to add with additional investors and so forth. Wow. It's one, of the it's one of the 300 M&As, it's, uh, it's okay. No. <laughs> Lior, this is, all, this is all incredible. Young entrepreneur, I'm going to start my own company soon. What are, you know, what are the things that I should be most 
concerned about or excited about as I start my journey? How, what is, when, when is the first touch point that I need to make with a firm like Shibolet or some other legal firm? And what is the, and, and what is the number one thing to keep in mind? Because this is, you're saying, this is not just, you know, I'm not just asking for Shibolet to incorporate me. I'm asking for a partnership. I'm asking for them to come with me on this journey and I want them to be in the trenches with me. So I better have good chemistry with them. Right. So I think that the right point is uh, at the first minute that you have, like, usually it's a team, right, of two or three people. Yeah. So once the, the core team, the founders, to be the founders, uh, agree that they have a good idea, that uh, they are kind of determined to push through together that is the right time to come to 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 us okay. or to any other lawyer that's very so so it's as soon as you have as you're agreeing that you're going to go into this 10-year journey into this marathon and you know that you're working together then this is the right this is the right touch point okay right right wonderful any any later you may be like wasting time or or doing a mistake that will right. uh, be detrimental later on so that's a, That's the reason that we are the first first uh, stop, actually. Yep. Before any other. Yeah, because you know, I, I, as far as I was concerned, today you can incorporate five hundred dollars in Delaware online, and you can start your journey, and you can start writing your product, and maybe when you go to that, you know, and you to that pre-seed stage and, and then you need to quickly, you know, get a term sheet. Then you go and you quickly find the first legal firm that says hi to you. But you're saying, no, this is actually a long-term investment. This is a partnership with one of the most important partnerships you're going to have in the lifetime of your company. Uh, so, so thank you for teaching that. Lior, uh, right before we leave, I want to thank you again for your generous generosity with your time and your, your inspiration and, and, you know, the 25 years of experience you bring with you. I think that's incredible. And I've learned so much and I'm sure that anybody listening has learned so much, but I need three words that you would use to describe yourself. Okay, so uh, actually I, I will use, uh, I think, one word. I'm a multidisciplinary, and that's uh, with respect to personality uh, and uh, kind of uh, qualifications or, or talent. So I'm, I'm, that's my, I'm, I'm a round person. I love it. I love it. Leon, Todoraba. Uh, I, I, it's, it came out as an American toda raba, uh, toda raba. <laughs> I mean, it, every, every conversation is changing Hebrew and English. It's becoming impossible. Uh, so so I'll, I'll I'll do the same. My pleasure. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, and and hopefully we get to work together on on a venture that I hope to create uh, very soon. We are very happy to, Michael. Take care. Enjoy. Thank you. 